going beyond the headlines, getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Welcome to Calgary Today here on 770 CHQR. Happy Friday, one and all. Hope all is well with you and yours. Hopefully you got some great game plans going on, even if it does include a little bit of snow, potentially, like mentioned. Uh, there is a winter storm watch in effect for a large portion of southern Alberta. So uh, be aware and be careful out there in case we do get a little blast of old man winter before all is said and done. All right, let's get right into it and talk a little bit about Premier-elect Jason Kenney speaking to his caucus today. On Tuesday, we will be seeing the swearing in of that government. Will we see a cabinet? Only time will tell. When we when will we see that? Time will tell. Be interesting to see who he puts in what places, what kinds of portfolios he has in mind. As mentioned during the Friday free-for-all, one of the things that always happens with a new government is you start to see priorities change. And so all of a sudden, do some offices disappear while other new ones appear? You didn't really get a sense that he was going that far with this speech, but I like being able to give you a little bit more context, a little bit more of what was said other than the 12 or 15 seconds here in the news. So here's a first segment of Jason Kenney uh, talking about the historic win, as mentioned, over 1.9 million Albertans cast their vote in the spring election, the most ever turnout coming in at 64%. 37% of voters chose to use the advance polls. So way to be in and chatting about the election to you, our listeners and others out there in the world. Here is just a small portion of Jason Kenney's speech to his caucus today. While we celebrate the success that we have achieved and the mandate that we've been given, we also acknowledge that more work needs to be done. And that one of the re- that's one of the reasons why uh, I'll be speaking to you uh, later today and, and in the uh, weeks to come about a very deliberate effort uh, to reach out to and build on the solid foundation uh, that our candidates in Edmonton achieved in this recent election. As I've said, our, while we received a mandate from 55% of the electorate and we will deliver on the, the, that mandate, we must be a govern, government for all Albertans. We must make an effort to reach out to, to listen to, to be responsive to, all Albertans. That doesn't mean that we'll all agree on every issue all of the time, but it means that we must be seen to act in good faith and with integrity. We must be willing to listen to the voices of others, and we must be willing in the future when we make mistakes to acknowledge it and to correct course. But at the same time, folks, we were elected with this historic mandate to implement the most detailed, specific, and positive blueprint ever offered to Albertans in an election, 117 pages, 375 ideas. So, um, if you haven't memorized it already, (laughs) there will be a test tonight. Um, How many commitments here? 375, 117 pages. And um, this is uh, what we will be measured against uh, by Albertans at the next election. Our, uh, our commitment is to stay true to our word. It is to keep our promises. Of course, events will happen and circumstances will change. People understand that. But we must be seen to do everything we can to keep our promise, to keep our word with Albertans in the commitments made to get out, make ensure that Alberta gets back to work and is strong and free. I got to say that listening to the uh, entire speech, uh, 
earlier on in the day. It did sound very premier like it did say it did sound very much rallying the troops, but also a little bit of a handout as well or a hand up to uh, those who didn't vote UCP to say, hey, listen, we're going to get through this together. And again, actions are going to speak louder than words. I'm, I don't want to cast aspersions, and I don't think anybody should on this party. Judge them based off of what they do and not uh, what you think you might speculate what they might do. That being said, the Premier-elect also sounding pretty confident. And let me tell you, Albertans feel that confidence. Um, we'll, you'll see a presentation from our party pollster tomorrow showing that uh, immediately following the election, the percent, the number of Albertans who say that Alberta is on the right track has gone up dramatically. All week long, I've been receiving calls from CEOs, from major corporations across Canada and around the world who, are, who want to invest in Alberta now. seen those stories it is this is what is so gratifying that we haven't the, the change of government which hasn't even occurred yet has filled so many Albertans with a renewed sense of hope and opportunity people are making real tangible life decisions buying new houses investing uh, uh, unfreezing uh, business decisions because of the decision that Albertans made on election day so I am filled with confidence uh, because of this team. Uh, the team that's gathered here has just proven the work ethic that you have. You've spent the better part of a year, some of you more than that, uh, working hard, winning nominations, knocking on tens of thousands of doors, and hearing directly from Albertans who need our help the most. And by the way, isn't that the great antidote to the cynicism of so much of this recent election? It was just the uh, common sense of ordinary people that we encountered at their doors, in their homes, across this province over the past several months. For all of the nastiness and negativity, all of the distractions, what we heard from Albertans was, get it done on jobs, the economy, and pipelines, right? So remember, today, and in each of the next four years, remember their voices. Let them help you remain laser focused on the task at hand to get people back to work, to get pipelines built, to restore Alberta as a magnet for investment and opportunity, to stand up for the province against the campaign of slander from the foreign funded special interests trying to attack our way of life and landlock our energy. Uh, remember our commitment to protect and enhance our public services and bring balance back to Alberta's finances. Remember all of these commitments. I think the code in all of that was before you open your mouth, don't give me a bozo eruption and we can rewin in 2023, 24. That seemed to be the, again, math is hard, but... <laughs> Again, I thought that it was a very premier-like speech and one that it was meant to not only rally the troops, but rally the province as well. And for that, I applaud him. Again, I judge him on his actions from this point forward because he is the premier-elect at Jason Kenney of the United Conservative Party. Last night before we went to bed, Aaron and I started watching a little bit of a video uh, montage of the Columbine shooting. 
And it made me go, wow, that was 20 years ago. And I remember being the Southern Alberta high school student at the time, April 1999, was a crazy time because not only did you have Columbine, and it, it was during that video, before I go on to the, the topic at hand, is it's amazing how Columbine became a verb or became the word rather than the shooting. Everybody knows the minute that you say Columbine, you know what they're talking about. Not the same can be said for Tabor, but a lot of people who grew up in that same era or had kids at that same time remember that it was April 28th, 1999, meaning 20 years ago Sunday, that Jason Lang was fatally shot by a 14-year-old dropout. I'm not going to name him. The gunman had dropped out of school, walked into W.R. Myers High School, fired at three students, killing Lang, wounding another student and missing the third. Now, Jim Coach managed to wrestle the shooter to the floor. He was arrested without incident by a, a Tabor RCMP constable, I believe it was RCMP at the time, who was the school's resource officer. The boy, because he was 14, was sentenced as a youth and not an adult, kind of facing the same repercussions as the, the medicine hat gal. But as you're going about your day, and as you go about your weekend, I think a lot of us are going to be remembering where we were 20 years ago. And I, I certainly remember hearing about it. And I, I think it changed a lot of what goes on in the school system now, especially when it comes to stay in place practices and, and that kind of thing. And I know Jody talked about that a little bit uh, back on Tuesday uh, with the Columbine um, anniversary. But one of the things that came out of that was Jason Lang's father, Reverend Dale Lang, who really took the spotlight after forgiving his son's killer. He ended up becoming a well-known public speaker and anti-bullying activist. And I found this clip from Shaw TV Medicine Hat from a few years ago where he talked about that compassion and, and talked about becoming the public speaker that he did become. I talked about the sadness of the situation and how tragic it was that a, a young 14-year-old boy would come to such a place to do this. Um... I didn't know that was going to have any impact, really. Um, but I guess in hindsight, because I didn't speak angrily, because I didn't talk about the legal system or what should happen to the perpetrator of this murder, uh, people were kind of blown away by that. And then, of course, the memorial service five days later for Jason, I uh, ended this. I, uh, at the end of the service, uh, I began to pray for the young man who killed our son, and I forgave him at that point. I really didn't understand that whole thing about forgiveness. I mean, yes, I'm a pastor and I've studied all those things and taught them and preached them and all those kinds of things. But until you have to experience a terrible thing like that, you really don't understand what it means. And so what happened for me was that um, about three months after Jason had been killed, I was in Medicine Hat actually speaking at a church on a Sunday evening. When I finished the talk, uh, a lady uh, came down very quickly out of the crowd, uh, got to me first, and she said, uh, she asked me this question, she said, I don't understand how you can forgive the boy who killed your son. My daughter was killed by a drunken driver, I think it was like 15 years ago, she said, and I am still angry about that, and I don't understand how you can forgive this boy for what he's done to your family. As I looked at that lady and I saw the anger in her face, that she spoke about, I began to realize what forgiveness was meaning to me. It was, 
uh, when God gave me the grace to forgive the boy who killed our son, because I don't think I could have done that by myself, um, it set me free from being trapped in the kind of place that lady had lived for 15 years. I never really sought to go speak anywhere. I never, I've never advertised, I've never promoted myself. It was just something that happened. Um, but I think initially it was a healing thing for me. Because our son's death, he didn't even know this boy who shot him. So going out and speaking and, and sort of seeing that it was having some positive impact uh, was a helpful thing for me. It made some sense out of my son's senseless murder, basically. We'll be keeping our thoughts with the Lang family on the 20th anniversary of the W.R. Myers shooting in Tabor. Victoria Mayor Lisa Helps, who once suggested her city file a lawsuit against oil and gas companies to fight climate change, is touring the oil sands in northern Alberta today. The trip being funded by Canada Action, a pro-energy lobby group. Joining us now, Cody Battersill from Canada Action. Hi there, Cody. Hey, Joel. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. What is the hope when it comes to bringing these dignitaries up into the air to give them the aerial view of what's going on in Alberta's north? Well, you know what? There's just so much that people don't understand about the world-leading innovation and environmental protection that we're doing every day within Canadian industry. So we're so proud and we're so thankful that the mayor of Victoria has accepted the invitation. You know, it's been a great tour today. Uh, we're, we're learning so much and, uh, you know, we need to continue to show off just how we do things in Alberta and make sure that everyone understands that we're focused on protecting the environment, we're focused on the highest standards of worker safety, and we're truly uh, global environmental leaders in innovating and making progress to always reduce our environmental impact. Is that one of the hopes with having a mayor such as Mayor uh, Helps in amongst this crew is, hey, you can preach to the choir here in Alberta, but you got to start having some of these dignitaries from outside our borders to help spread the message and, frankly, be allies for Alberta's oil patch? You know, absolutely. I mean, when you look at it, um, you know, 80% of the emissions from a barrel of oil happens when we use it. So that's planes, trains, cruise ships, and everything else in our modern society. So we need to truly have balanced and informed conversations about Canada's environmental leadership. In Alberta, we should be so proud because we innovated to develop the oil sands. And today we're touring a steam-assisted gravity drainage facility. This represents how 97% of the land area 80% of the reserves and more than half of current production is produced. That's an Alberta technology that all Albertans should be proud of and all Albertans and all Canadians have benefited from. But we have to get away from this conversation of looking at a photo of an oil sand mine and not understanding how the land is developed and that there are other ways of production technology that people don't often see. So we're going to keep growing the conversation, um, asking people to come and, and tour and see it and, and keep showcasing and showing off the ingenuity and the innovation uh, across the country and in Alberta from the supply chain that's uh, making this happen and making this possible. This kind of feels the same way as it did almost a decade ago, it feels like, where I remember being a reporter and there seemed to be this, hey, nothing to see here whenever there was a spill. And then suddenly the industry went, okay, if we open things up and show how it's being remediated and how things are going well, then everybody kind of goes, okay, they're being open, transparent. Is that sort of the same feeling we're, we're having to go through now is to show that, hey, this isn't as bad as some of the pictures are being making us being led to believe? 
Yeah, you know, um, in Alberta, we are regarded as being the world's uh, leader in environmental transparency and energy regulation and standards. And, and we are an open book. I mean, you have all of this publicly available data, companies sharing technology, both to reduce environmental impact and to get the most for our resources and produce our resources to the best standards. And so we have to take a multi-pronged approach to this. We have to be welcoming and inviting and open and, and continue to be transparent and continue to progress and innovate. But at the same time, we have to ask people to be honest and to be uh, uh, truthful when we're talking about, uh, you know, our industry. And so I'm thinking specifically about some Hollywood celebrities. I'm thinking about some of the anti-pipeline groups. And we cannot continue to let them, those groups, spread a message that is uh, factually inaccurate and, and uninformed. So uh, I think it's a combination of both. We're going to continue to uh, promote. We've got to stand up for ourselves because if we don't, no one else will. You've said that it's been a great tour thus far. I'm curious. I'm sure you've looked over at some of the dignitaries, Mayor Helps and Councillor Davison amongst those in the crowd. What's their reaction been to what they've seen thus far? You know, I think so far it's just been really, um, um, everyone's been quite amazed because the technology is absolutely cutting edge. It's high tech. Uh, you know, water recycling of this facility is approaching 90%. Uh, and we're actually today at, at Alberta's oldest commercial operating SEGD facility. So this facility has been operating since 2001. You know, we've driven by bears, we've driven by caribou, uh, the land reclamation, the First Nations partnerships, the economic uh, uh, royalties and the economic prosperity generated for Alberta and for Canada's immense. So everyone's really, I think, just been uh, amazed. You know, Sonovus has hosted us today. They've been an amazing host. And they're at the cutting edge of the technology development in the oil sands as well. So uh, it's been a wonderful day and everyone's, I think, been really impressed so far. Are you hoping that by the time this tour is over, I know you guys are going to do the aerial view in a little bit, and then you're going to land and talk to reporters again. Is the hope that this almost kind of opens up the conversation nationwide and that you say, hey, come on, Mayor of Montreal. Hey, come on over, Mayor of Vancouver. Hey, Surrey. Hey, everybody. Come on down and do the same thing and see it all for yourself. You hit the nail on the head, Joe, because that's what—that's exactly what we're doing. We are—we we are, we, we are um, opening up uh, uh, going forward to you know dignitaries and, and and mayors and politicians from across the country to join us. Come and see what the oil sands looks like. Come and see the future of the oil sands with SEGD technology and solvent technology and all the other great things we're working on. And come and see firsthand. I mean, we have been the only top ten oil exporter with carbon pricing initiatives since 2007. We are leaders across the board in protecting the environment on, on metrics of environmental, social, and governance standards uh, internationally, and we want everyone to come and see it. So it's an open invitation, and we're hoping to uh, continue to just uh, you know promote our brand and, and ask people to have that balanced conversation with us. Cody, uh, thanks so much for the update. All the best on the tour, and looking forward to maybe chatting with you again when you have another tour or five, hopefully, during the course of the next few months. I appreciate it so much. Thanks so much for having me on. Cody Battershill from Canada Action as he helps host Victoria Mayor Lisa Helps and others with Synovus uh, to tour Alberta's oil sands this afternoon. And like I said, they're going to be up in the air. I think they're actually going up right now. And then they're going to be back down and chatting with reporters uh, closer to 8 o'clock tonight. So stay, stay tuned to the news during the course of tonight and tomorrow for all the latest. <laughs> One of the people who is going to be making Calgary home for the next couple of days is Peter Cullen. Hi there, traffic guy. Uh, 
<laughs> Peter Cullen, if you don't know, famous voice actor, the voice of Optimus Prime. So kind of in the element, he's here. If I could steal his voice, I certainly would. That being said, one of the guys who is checking out all things Calgary Expo today has been our very own Adam Toy, our online content coordinator. He joins us now. Hi there, Adam. That's my pleasure. You get to nerd out a little bit while you're working on a story for 770CHQR.ca on the 2019 Calgary Comic and Entertainment Expo. Paint us a picture of what you're seeing down there. So uh, the crowd here is building. I mean, it's it's still only the first real full day. Yesterday was sort of an early bird. Get in, get some sales. But uh, if you want to buy, you know, some some toys and such. But yeah, this uh, today is the first full exhibition day uh, here uh, down at the expo. And of course, it kicked off with uh, uh, all of downtown uh, being uh, taken over by many, many about five thousand costumed people. The the parade of wonders uh, with uh, another fifteen thousand watching live the streets. What amazes me about this event, and I was speaking with one of the organizers earlier on in the week, and I said, it just seems to get bigger and better and more prolific, and you get to hear a lot more of these big names coming through. What's the buzz on the floor in terms of you know some of the guests that are going to be there or some of the things that are uh, actually going to be uh, on display at the expo? Well, uh, tonight is, is one for uh, folks who like time travel. Uh, as uh, the cast of Back to the Future is going to be here uh, this evening. So uh, that's, uh, that's got a lot of uh, folks talking about. Actually, I was just uh, checking out the DeLorean earlier today. Uh, that also is in the Parade of Wonders. Uh, they did a phenomenal job with that, uh, with that uh, car right there. But yeah, yesterday, Linda Carter, who uh, also played uh, Wonder Woman in the original series uh, back in the 70s, I believe it was, She's, uh, she was here yesterday. Um, and uh, the new Spock for any Star Trek fans is also going to be here. Uh, that's uh, Ethan Peck. Uh, interesting uh, fact about Ethan Peck. He is Gregory Peck's grandson. Oh, and then, okay. of course, the man who's playing uh, Christopher Pike, Anson Mount, is also going to be here in the city. Uh, and uh, then, oh, yeah, if you are a fan of uh, Shazam, uh, the uh, Zachary Levi, the actor that plays Shazam, the movie that's in theaters right now, he is going to be here as well. That's got a lot of comic book fans excited. It amazes me, again, I keep going back to this notion of how big this event has gotten, but you, when you talk to even the vendors and, and some of the fans, I mean, there, there's that sense of uh, excitement in the air, isn't there? Yeah, it's it's definitely uh it's 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 an opportunity for people to purchase uh any sort of um paraphernalia from any sort of fandom. Uh if you are a like if you anything from comic books to movies to steampunk to airsoft to which is fake guns to anime to uh, I mean, to give you a sense of the scale of how much is being sold here, it, people are familiar with the BMO Center. Halls A through C, two-thirds of the BMO Center is full to the rafters with, uh, with, with vendors. And then the big four, the top floor of the big four, is also local independent creators of art who come in and, and, do, and sell their wares and, and that kind of thing. And it, it's, it really speaks to the community, the, the fandom community that's in the city uh, and the area. 
uh, and just the, the scale that is able to be attracted here and just the, the, the sense community that's being built every year by people continuing to come back and to support, say, these independent uh, artists or to check out the cosplay uh, vendors and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Adam, do appreciate this and uh, best of luck in putting your story together. We look forward to seeing it online uh, 770chqr.ca. Thanks so much. Just want to take a moment to thank you for taking the time to download and listen to the Calgary Today podcast. Don't forget to subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We'll chat with you soon.